Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Things are going well. I think last time I remember 
My windows are all kind of fogged up right now, but I think last time I said I saw a few eagles or something going by. I can't that's remember. right. That's yeah. right. So when we're eating turkey on our holiday, what do you guys do? <laughs> do you... Pasta, maybe. Well, our yeah. our uh, our Thanksgiving is in October, so that's we, right. we we we're um, should I say this? We're one step ahead of you. Ah, well, in, <laughs> in many ways, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, well, very cool. So maybe we'll see some eagles, or you'll see some eagles while we're talking. And, and I'll let and, you know, uh, and, absolutely. And you'll let, you'll let me know. So we're talking about the script and what the director's approach with the script is, and this is in in uh, development and, pre, and pre-production and, and prior to the production. Um, and we've covered lots of things over the past 11 uh, episodes of, of this series. And today we're going to talk about tr- some tips and guidelines, correct? Yeah, we're going to go through some of those and have a conversation about that, and just move our, you know, just move through into into the emotional and behavior part of it. And and it's all stuff that we need to know, you know, which is really, uh, which is a real important factor, um, because you know we we talked earlier about the director, and, and and again I must the caveat for anybody who's listening for the first time is this is all from a director's perspective. Uh, about the script and the work that we do as the directors to break it down. This is not about a writing. This is not a, uh, um, you know, um, an interview on how to write a script. This is how to interpret. This is how to break it down. This is what the director does in their homework to break it down and find all these things out because everything starts with the story and with the script, and that's really that's really critical. Absolutely. So, so, I mean, I think, you know, as we, we've talked earlier about what attracted to your story and your themes and your style, that was the last uh, talk we had. And now you're getting more into the nitty-gritty as you, as you, you know, you read it a few times over, you just get general ideas, general impressions. And I always like to say prep is a process of discovery, and and this allows you the time to be able to, to do that. And as you go through this script, um, you know, obviously you're working with the writer uh, or writers and producer uh, in all of this as far as, you know, what your point of view is. Uh, you have to make sure that, you know, the producer and the director and the writer all sort of have the same point of view. It's nothing like working on a film where the producer and the director are at odds. Uh, and, you know, because cause so many different – you can shoot a film with the same script so many different ways, so – so I think, you know, when you're starting to look at the script after you do your initial read-through and everything as well, you want to, you know, and again, be absorbed in the story. That's what you have to do, right? You, you want to do a research, and you have to research a lot, just like writers. You know, if you've never done a period piece or what, what kind, you know, you're dealing with a story on an alcoholic um, parent or family or whatever, military, and you've never done any of that, you have to just jump in and start researching, uh, Uncle Google is good for that, of course, but so are books uh-huh. and other people. And I find research is one of the major things because you cannot take anything for granted. Um, and you have to find little nuances, little different things in the script that you start pulling out or culling and adding because the script will start to evolve and change. As, as long as you know the point of view, the question to be asked, and what's your theme you could be moving through it, it, it and keeping on the same track, which is important. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. You you also teach, and and when you're dealing with students and or first time or even advanced students, do do you find any particular one issue that kind of comes up over and over again 
uh, with with young filmmakers. By young, I mean uh, new to filmmaking, or or let's say they're I, I said more advanced, you know. But the but the uh, I don't mean chronological age. Um, is there is there one thing that uh, that they seem to more frequently miss or not do or um, an area of weakness in in what we're talking about? Well, it's an interesting. I'm going to give you the flip side of a coin. Uh, one of the it's it's part one and part one a. I guess is a lot of them come in and say, hey, "We know what story is. We're filmmakers. We're going to make it." Uh, the other side is we don't understand even what a script is or a story is, and I think as you, it's understanding what a what a story is first. Like what's the story? We talked about Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey and the mythology and the three act structure. You need to understand that as a structural area, but also what makes a good story. Now, you know I think that's across the board because you know uh-huh. that's intuition in all of us, but. I think that some of the areas are they have a story. It's an interesting story if you write it out in a paragraph. But how do you translate that visually? And, and my experience, and I, and I think the last time, one of the times I talked to you, I think I've been involved with over 250 short films right, uh, right. At, some, at some stage, you know, in the writing stage, uh, on the set or in the editing room. And boy, do you ever get a... Is that ever an education, you know? To, to, and then you start to see some, like you said, some commonalities happening. And I think probably the the biggest issue for any filmmaker is you have a have a story, you have this script, and how do you take? And, and and if you even if you if you say, okay, this is a good script. Yes, we can fix the dialogue. There's a few structural things we can work out. How is it translated visually? And I think that is the biggest dilemma that we have in the film business. Um, it's uh, it's it's that you know the art form of you know because it's so much of montage and I, I think editing and I really focus when we talk about writing and early writing is that you're going to be a better writer or a better filmmaker if you understand the editing process. I think I, because that's what separates film from say theater and photography uh, as the two other visual mediums because we can put all these things together in different ways to get different emotions. And I think that has to transcend the script. Uh, and because the question you ask is, is, is like such a big one, but I think it really is that. It's, it's like for any filmmaker, uh, no matter how many years you've been in the business, reading scripts, reading stories, is is an absolute must to get to get a flow and i think you begin to get a sense of what a good story is and then what the, how's what's the story that's the first thing and then and then as you dig deeper you're finding out well how is this story put together and that's really where the hard part comes in because who actually knows that right right <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like there's all these books and uh, there are big two or three writing gurus out there writing all about their stuff. And But in the end, it's still what do you think is a good story? And we have filmmakers out there that turn um, sort of rules on their heads, and we love it because it's an art form. That's very cool. Um, I want to offer something from my side, and that is <clears throat> an ideal not so much with I do do deal with a lot of students actually, but but not so much in, in the same capacity that you do. But but what 
what I found with with um, relatively new or first time or, or or even second or third time filmmakers often and and certainly not all the time is is a kind of a brusqueness to it. Oftentimes these people have have written their own screenplay and you read the screenplay and and they seem to understand I mean they will tell you they understand everything about the characters. The screenplays aren't necessarily that good. And they aren't terrible, but they aren't that good. And they want to go ahead and shoot it anyway, and they don't do the research, and they don't look into who these people are other than what they've conceived in their head for these people. Does that, am, I, am I being clear absolutely, on Absolutely, absolutely. Because the mantra that I've said and that I teach, and I think that it's the most valid thing of all, it's story performance and everything else. And I think they want to skip, and I think a lot of that, Rex, is they want to skip from the paper stage onto the movie set. And it took me right. years in the business to really, it's like, for example, and I, it's all related, so this is good. It's like blocking, right? How can you under really, truly understand how to block a scene uh, or how, how to block actors on a movie set if you don't understand the scene objective and the character objectives, if you don't understand where they were, where the characters were before? And I never knew that to, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And I was shooting a lot of television series. And, of course, as an AD, I've been standing beside directors as they block and they talk to actors. So you pick, up, pick all that up through osmosis. And it was literally one – and I always had a little bit of trouble with blocking. I, mean, I could block and I could put the camera, but it was just something always wasn't quite right. It took me a little extra time. I was always a little apprehensive about it. And then one day I was doing a TV series in Halifax, and I literally woke up, and it's just like this um, light shone, and the angels sang, and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> right, I, right. I got it, and it and it really. And I was doing the work, but I didn't know about it. And and then it was really about start with the script, start with the story, start with what's the intent of the scene, what's it, what is the, what's the scene objective, what's it for, um, you know, what are the what are the what does each character want in the scene. And and it's only when you work that out, and then and then understanding human behavior, of is, is all integral to all of that. And it just it was a big awakening for me. And I think that that's really where I got in. And then after that, it's like I'm I do a lot of blocking exercises, or if I'm blocking anything, I just find that I get a really good handle very quickly on the scene and, and, and of course technology, I mean the technology of being on sets for thirty years, you, you, you absorb all that and I understand that and, and first time filmmakers aren't going to have that opportunity. Right, right. So it's a little bit more of a struggle. But start with the script. We all have ideas, I think with the and again, you see how it's gonna turn right around to the script because that's really what the question is. It's like ultimately it's not just a story that's being printed and put into a book or Kindle or whatever. You know, it's not just words. Words are fine. Um, part of the other problem, too, is writers will, or young writers are, will write a lot of exposition. And they'll write a lot about what the characters are thinking or all of this stuff. And I say, well, when I'm looking at the scripts, I go, well, how, okay, how is this going to translate on screen? How does the audience go that, know that this person is a nurse with an alcoholic father? Because... If you just take, and, and I have this little trick sometimes I do with a student, and I just go, okay, take a pencil and cross off everything in your script that the audience will never know about, right? Like all this exposition. And so they cross it off and say, now read your script, and the story falls apart. So that's a really good little test because how do you 
how do you you know without saying well oh I'm sorry to hear that you're you know you're a nurse and you you're you have an alcoholic father uh you know how now you have to figure out visually how to tell the story and I think that is the main problem from the script to the films from to the filming stage it's it's that other language that film language of of this you know the psychology of the camera the language of film all of that you know all together and and how it all comes back to this exact point that you're talking about is what's that the question or what's the thing that people are asking about but they don't know about and I think that's the thing Rex people don't know about that they don't understand that and and uh, it took me years working in the business before I even understood it well I think I think I mean everything you said is excellent it's it's so true and and I believe it was I believe it was one of my guests was a casting director um and I I apologize for not knowing who said it and and you may have said it as well but but they said you you mentioned you know rushing from the script to production and the, the this other person or or yourself or whoever said it said it seems like uh people are in a rush to be successful you know they they yeah. want to be successful yesterday the actors particularly they if they don't they feel like if they don't make it now they'll never make it and sometimes their careers don't happen until they're 50 you know and they're now 19 you know but it's it's the people who hang in and persevere and and who do the work and who stay in when everybody else gives up you know that that actually make it and and I guess the same is true unless you're operating on on a deadline like you're on a TV series or something or you've got a contract for a film and you've got to be done by a certain day there's no rush to make your movie you're better off making your movie well and and slowly you know, by going through all this development and all the pre-production stuff, than to try and rush into it and sacrifice story and sacrifice performance and, and everything else. And so, yeah. uh, you know, there's there's no competition uh, in terms of getting your movie made. Uh, if you're doing a 48-hour, okay, yes, there is, but that's a whole different set of circumstances. Yeah, and I think that it, it does stem. I mean, it's like I was just sort of joking. It's the 20-year overnight success, right? You know, you had to be right, spent right. 20 years in the business to be an overnight success, and and that is so true because it's uh, very few people are literally an overnight success, um, and that the whole process is we keep going back to the script and the story and understand it and work through it. I do film coaching as well, and I have several filmmakers I'm working with. I we're on Skype and everything, and they send me their scripts, and and uh, I'm and I work through. Uh, the stories with them is the first thing we work, we spend time. I, you know, they send me the script. I do my notes. We talk about it. We go through every scene. We talk about theme, character, objective. Uh, and this is, and you know, they may have shots in mind, but that, we don't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear anything about it. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like what's the story, and and you have to start there. So as to still, I guess, answer your question. It's we have what we think is an idea of a story, and that's always that's life. That's going to be for the next millennium, you know, because it's it's individual, right? It's all very subjective. It's it's the translation part is 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 the critical, and that's where I think you get into the art and the craft of the business. And right now, when anybody's starting out, they're learning the craft. And I've said this before, even on your show, and that it's the technology, the the structure of writing. Uh, and the structure and the technology of actual filmmaking. Um, there's nothing like just grabbing a camera and going filming and shooting, and that's the best way to learn as well. But 
you know, it it is a complicated question because we all deal with, you know, everybody talks about, oh, what a bad script that was. Well, how do you know the difference between a bad script and a good script? <laughs> it's like, right, right. you know, and it's like it's like going to a movie. You go to a movie and I go to a movie and you like it and I don't. We're both right, right? right. It's all, it's all subjective. So it's a big okay. it's a big can of worms, you know. Very, very much so. I'm, I'm going to just throw out a, 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 an opinion. Um, you know, they've got and, and this. This is tacitly connected to what we're talking about. You know, there are 48-hour film challenges, and that's fine. And there's 20-hour film challenges or 24-hour film challenges. There's there's the same thing in theater. There's this goal of make a movie in 20 days and all that. And you know, I really hate all that. Um, I've, I've, I've been involved with 48 Hours. People have asked me to help and stuff like that, but I really hate it because it's this notion. It's this kind of, you know, let's see how quickly we can get something done. And, and, and yes, surprisingly, there are some very nice things or good things that come out of it. But I'm always, I'm always left with the thought, well, if they actually did have more time, what might they have accomplished? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and so while for me, I think it's a it's a kind of a fun exercise. It it the sad part about it is is that people think that everything it's like exercise. You know, you don't want to actually get in there and pump iron and do all that stuff. You just want to buy some kind of electronic belt that'll do it for right. you. And uh, well, so, or, and uh, and also it's an extended period of time using exercise. I mean, if you just say, "Oh, tomorrow I'm going to go run 5K," and I haven't run any I, because I'm going to start losing weight, and that's the only time you do it, uh, that's probably not going to help other than give you some pretty sore muscles the next day. Right. So, but again, everything is valuable. I, I you know, I understand, and I, I actually I agree with you very much that you know what's the quality of the work, but it's it's exercising those creative muscles and. Right. You know, my my advice has always been and always will be: shoot something. If it's if it's in forty eight, you know, weeks sure. you're going to take it, or forty eight hours, shoot something because you're always going to learn something. Right. And that's, I agree. That, that's a big key there. Yeah, my 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 disdain is not for a process; it's for the mindset. For example, right. and, and let me entertain this question with you because I do think it makes a big difference. We talked about the story and about understanding editing. Now, some people and and some the answer might be well, they're the same thing, but uh, other people think of it very differently. For example, some people think of editing as cutting, and some people think of editing as assembly. Mm-hmm. And well, some people me, yeah, can't, yeah. Can't, can't don't differentiate between the two. You know, because obviously you have to cut and assemble, and you know, I mean, it's not done the same way, you know, with scotch tape and and mm-hmm. <laughs> scissors. But those are the old the days. Idea, we don't do that anymore. We we don't do that anymore. <laughs> That's all but digital. the idea, but, but, but what I mean is that the, some people think about, you know, like what's what they have to remove in order to have a story. Like you know, you chisel away, you know, until you reach the David, the Da Vinci exactly. version. Other people think of, you know, I'm actually compiling scenes to tell a story, and I think that that which hat you wear. Or how well you can change between the two thoughts um, can determine what kind of editor or storyteller you are. Well, and that's true. And, and keep in mind that the, the script is always written three times, isn't it? When you write it, and then when you shoot it, and then when in the editing room. Because right. it changes, it fluctuates. So that the script and is like, what's it? You know, what's the version when you do your final cut versus the script you shot? Right. And it's going to be, for the most part, of course, the same. But 
little nuances, the lines of dialogue, things are changed, maybe scenes are moved around or, or lifted or out, or you know, because it's a pulse, because it is a living, in a sense, it's a, in quotation marks, of course, a living, breathing thing. And I think you have to, I always say, take your blinders off, you know, like the horse blinders, you know, take them off and don't be so crowded in, because in your own thoughts and your own way of doing it, because you're going to miss other things, either in the development stage, the writing stage, on the set and in the editing room. Yes, you have to have a point of view. Yes, you have to be fairly strong about where you want to move the story. But at the same point, you also have to be open to hearing something. Somebody says a line of dialogue, or you hear it on the bus as something about a story, or the grip and the gaffer or something are talking at craft service, and you hear something that's like, wow, that would be a great shot, or why didn't I think of that? You have to be totally open. But see, it all goes back to that that uh, very, uh, the, the first thing I talked about is if you understand where this, the, the theme of the story, what's the theme about? If you understand each, the character objective for each scene and the scene objective, you can move stuff all around within that and still, and make the movie better. You can throw your blocking plan, your shot list completely out if and and free format uh if you understand all of that you want you know and and to me and i just want to talk about blocking for a second because yeah, it's it so it. important because it goes right back to the script stage because it is the visual sense that i've i always said to everybody okay i think you need to know five things before you block a scene the first one i mean it's not in any order but the first one is okay where were the characters just before this scene Right, so let's say you're doing scene ten. Right, you're gonna you're gonna block scene ten. So where were the characters just before this? What were they doing? Were they in another scene? Are we introducing them? Were they climbing the stairs? Where were they? And then you need to know what your uh, the last shot because by this point you 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 know your shots, right? You know your flow of the movie you're getting. So if, let's say we're blocking scene ten. I hope everybody can hang with me here because it's not a visual thing. Uh, you know, so number two is what's the what's the last shot of scene nine, right? What's the last shot that you want to see in scene nine? What's the first shot? And I'm talking editing here that you want uh-huh. to see in scene ten. What's the last shot in scene ten? And what's the first shot of scene eleven? What you've done now is bookended everything, so that because to me where the movies fall apart a lot is in the transitions. You can right. see absolutely brilliant scenes put together because don't forget you've got a camera operator you've got a director of photography they're helping you out if you're new and you know blocking the actors can help you out but they will help you do the scene they'll watch a scene everyone will the ad the scripts of it they'll all help you out right about well we can get this shot we can get an over here we can do an over in a single and, and blah blah we can do all of this but they do not know your transitions that's your that's the director's job. They don't know that you wanted to start scene eleven on a close up of a doorknob, right? So you want to end, right, the, the scene ten with the actor or doing whatever it is, right, going up to a window and looking out, whatever the thing is, so that if you know that, and this again we're sort of skipping around a bit, but it does it does still all focus on the script. This is going to help anybody out in blocking because you can you can sort of as long as you know those transitions, you can basically let out. If you're inexperienced in it, you can say, you know, help me out here. I'm not quite sure what to do. They can do that. At least you know your your scene transitions will work. And it was a little convoluted because it's hard to describe. 
But let's go right back to the script. Because when you read the script and when you start going through it and start making your notes, you're thinking of it visually. You have you know, actors in your mind or transitions, visual. And again, we're speaking from a director's perspective. Uh-huh. And so that you need to see the flow. But it's also a transition. I mean, it doesn't happen right away. When you start reading the script, you're not not—you're just seeing the overview. You're not seeing how things are cut or transitions yet because it's a process. So it really does come back. I mean, I, I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but it is so... Oh, that's great. It does come back to the circle, you know, of what that story is. And then the whole concept of what you were talking about earlier is cutting and... Well, editing, or call it montage, or putting two pieces of film together to create an emotion. Hello, isn't that what we're trying to do? You know, yeah, very cool, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that is absolutely uh, stuff that we're going to continue to talk about. You know, as the series progresses too. So, I mean, that's yes. that's awesome. I really do appreciate that. Um, well, so let's let's. Um, um, delve more into some of these tips and guidelines. Uh, uh, you've covered many of them, I mean, just in the conversation that we've had. Mm. So, you know, I mean, if you want, to, would you like to, to kind of uh, recapsulate some of them that you mentioned and then and then we, we'll move on with ones that maybe you... Well, yeah, I, I think basically it's, it's be absorbed in the story and understand story structure. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Um, you know, and go through, we talked about you know the scenes and the characters, and and really do all the homework uh, that you that you can do there. And and I think also that there's we talk about I'll talk about that in a minute the text and the subtext of course, but you just want to go through the script and what are the layers? What are the layers? What are you finding? And and I think that something very important to keep in mind is you want to touch the audience where they feel. It's about feeling. Not just where they think, right? So at the end of the film, you know, this is sometimes I'll ask students to say, okay, well, when you're when you go to black at the end, when your when your film finishes and your credits start, what do you want the audience to feel? And they go, hmm. And now that's what you're going for. That's where your journey, and you're going to do a lot of emotion along the way because in the end, it is about it's an emotional. You want to re, an emotional response from the audience. It could be laughter could be shock could be terror could be what could be whatever right but what is that that applies like where's the theme is the undercurrent you know the underlying pin but so work backwards i i have a term which i use all the time called reverse engineer okay so if the end of the movie is this you know what feeling do you want to get by the time you get there and so you you back it up and I think that's important, and it's really about the feelings. And I, you know, I've, I've said this before that when you're in the, the actors, writers, and directors, especially, have to be in the feeling business. You have to get out of your head and into your body, and you got to feel this. You got to feel the emotion. And as a as a writer and a director and actor, you need. That's where life experience comes in, um, and life experience is something that. Um, well, that's life. You know, you're 10, you're 20, you're right. 30, you're 40, you're 50. You've been through a lot of emotional upheaval, you've, uh, good things, bad things, love, death, whatever, you know, you've been through. And as an artist, you you absorb, that's absorbed in your soul and that you cannot be afraid to 
open that up. And as an actor, you know this very well, that one of the key words for an actor is vulnerability. And you know this, Rex, that in order for you to do your job of standing on a theater stage or stay in the set, you have to be vulnerable. You have to allow those emotions to come out, whatever those emotions are. And the other thing is about trust. You have to be able to trust the director, you know, and that and all of that comes right back down to the story. Are you both in sync with the story? Is everybody, you know, I talked about a producer, director, and a writer being in sync. Well, the actors, when the actors get on board, that's this whole other thing. They've got to be, you know, everyone's got, well, you know, I think my character does this when everybody's agreeing it's going to do this. Well, this is where that prep comes in. Did you hire the right actor? <laughs> uh, is this, or is that an interesting way to go? Uh, and you know that you, as an actor yourself, you bring that to the table with the script after you're hired. You go through your auditions and callbacks, and then when you get the role, you sit in around a table and you read the script and you talk about it. No, you do character objectives, scene objectives. And this is where actors can bring up, well, what about this? I'm, I'm seeing it go this way. So everybody needs to be on the same page. and nothing like standing on a movie set with 75 people, and the actor goes, you know, I thought I don't. my character wouldn't do that. You know, right. it's a little late to be talking about that. You know, I mean, going up from a couch to the table, we can deal with that. But not doing some story point—that's pretty major, and that gets solved in the, in the prep. Right. So, I think that that's—you know—there's lots of script books out there. There's tons of material online <clears throat> about writing, and I think that it—it's—it's it's an absolute must that any. Um, director, uh, producer, anybody involved, to start doing your own learning. Pick up the books, read them, uh, read stories, read novels. Um, if you're interested in doing crime drama, you know, or whatever, read crime drama, like novels. Get get the flow of the characters and the feel of it, you know, whatever, or whatever your romantic novels, whatever it is. That's all part of the research. Research is big. You cannot take anything for granted. Um, and I think that that's that's really really important. And I, I, I I'm going to give you a, a quote. It's something I don't know who said this, so I apologize. It's probably some famous person, and I don't remember who it is. But at least it's not mine, so I'm 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 not liable. <laughs> but it's like a first draft, and I love this. A first draft of your script is long on ideas and short on focus. And I love that. It's like all these ideas are in there, but the dialogue's not right. It's not really focused. It's kind of moving over here and moving over here. And it's like, yeah, that's the way it should be because you don't you don't uh, shoot your first draft, which you were alluding to earlier. So right, keep all right. that in mind that it's all the process that the story is written, and that's the first time it's written, and it's like you get what's the story about. And the more you understand as a we're talking a director about the process of filmmaking about human behavior about the psychology of the camera if you will about filmmaking 101 like how to work on the set how to put your montage you're you're going to find working with scripts a lot easier because it's just it's because it's just only the first part of your journey oh very cool very cool. Hey, Peter, we're at that halfway point where I'm going to have to take a break. This is awesome material, and when we come back from the break, I, I've got some questions for you uh, related to directorships and guidelines you know, uh, that we're talking about. Um, but let me take a quick break and uh, 
remind the listeners that you're listening to RexSykes.com, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com is the official website for RexSykes Movie Beat. Uh, Peter will be coming back a couple more times in December. I've got other fabulous guests. I'm not going to tell you all about them now, uh, but stay tuned and, and watch Twitter and Facebook and all of the ways in my website for uh, who's coming up. Um uh, uh, Spade County Massacre is going to have a one-time airing on the Internet. Uh, you got to go watch that 45-second graphic gory trailer uh, that we tweet about or go to spadecounty.com, and, uh, and you can check that out there. Um, this is a, a preview of sorts prior to uh, uh, the movie being finished, you know, being released. So uh, that's that, and let's see what else. Uh, follow us, friend us. Uh, Become a fan or whatever it is at uh, at uh, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we really love it when you do that. Spread the word. You can do it by live tweets uh, during the show, uh, and rate and review the shows both at uh, Blog Talk Radio there in the comment window, and uh, also at iTunes when you listen to these as podcasts. All right. Well, back with Mr. Peter Marshall. And I just I'm just on my Facebook page here, and I want to give a shout out to Gaffer Girls, and they said they're listening, learning, and enjoying this program, Rick. So there you go. It, you know, there are so many people who listen, and I oftentimes I don't mention all the people who do listen, uh, you know, and partly because in the chat room they show up as guests if they're not registered with Blog Talk or whatever it is. I don't know who's listening all the time, and, and the ones that do, you know, faithfully, like Gaffer Girls and Movie Angel and, and Graham and, and the different people who are listening, uh, we certainly appreciate it and want to give you a shout-out. And, yeah, also, uh, Peter Marshall's uh, website is actioncutprint.com. That's actioncutprint.com. All of the information we're discussing, Peter has available for you in programs. He's got a first uh, AD program, a scheduling breakdown program, a director's program. He's got many, many valuable things that you're going to want to take a look at at actioncutprint.com. But you also have the director's chair, which is a fabulous e-zine, and, uh, and people can go and sign up for that absolutely free. And you're on Facebook as well, and they can get you there, and they can follow you on Twitter at BC Filmmaker. And uh, um, so... Uh, Please do so. Yeah, it's everywhere. Well, with social media, we're everywhere now, aren't we? <laughs> Can't even keep up with the social media anymore. Uh, too many places. Yeah. Uh, but very true. So I, I got a question for you. Uh, sure. You, you know, and there are many tips and guidelines that 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 you uh, you you list, but but weak points. How do you know what the weak point of your story is? I mean, in other words, what? Can, is there a sample or some way you can describe or articulate? We say that people don't understand good story or that they don't get structure, you know. But but you know, you're moving along and you're watching something. Bang! There's some like weakness there, and and what? Can you provide some kind of illumination on that? Wow, that's a loaded question, and you know it. Um, it is. Yeah. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, but that's your job, isn't it? To load up. Okay. Uh, so I, well. Again, I think we have to go back to it's very individual. Right. Um, it's like very personal because, uh, you know, you and I could both read a script, you know, say a 10-page script. We'll just take a short script. And right. within that, there'll be several scenes or pieces of dialogue or whatever that you, you and I will both agree, oh, this is great or this sucks, okay? Mm-hmm. There will also be um, a scene that maybe I think is great and you think, well, I I don't know why this is even in here. So that's the dilemma because it comes from the personal observation. So it's it's like it's it's this technical thing where it's, you know, when I went back to the movie, you like it or I don't, it is very, very subjective. 
right. and it always will be subjective. And I think that you can you can talk, and, and I'm going to leave this to the scriptwriters because that's their job of of, of uh, you know really digging in, or the or the scriptwriters and and consultants. But it's really there are certain. It really boils down to do you believe it? I guess maybe uh-huh, that's what uh-huh. it is. Do you believe uh-huh. that the, the characters? Do you believe what they're saying? Do you believe the situation? And do you believe that they're going to get out of this, or how did they get into us? Uh-huh. And and I think when I say do you believe it, you you believe it in in the context of the story you're telling. So if it's science fiction, you still well, I mean I don't believe they could be in that, you know. But it's science fiction, so the whole thing shouldn't be believable. But the point is that once this, if the story is written correctly, it's really you go through and go coincidence, you know. It's like oh wow, why did oh that was that was interesting. Why did that happen? So it's digging digging through that, using your own judgment, and also letting other people look at it. It's very much like when you're in the editing room. One of the secrets I find, you know, uh, in the editing is you do a scene or you got your film or whatever it is, and you just you go out the hallway and you look around, you grab somebody, hey, come and have a look at this. You don't say, hey, can you have a look at this scene because I think I just it's not working. Well, don't set them up. Just say, what do you think of this? Yeah. Or what do you you know? Don't say anything about the music. Just what do you think of it? And you know your your friends and lovers and and mothers with the credit cards might not be the right people to do, do that because they're always going to want to try to lift you up a little bit, right? Well, it's the same in the script stage. You want people that will give you an honest opinion, and uh, but it's still their opinion, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a hard question to ask or to, to answer. But well, no, there are certain structural elements. But again, there are certain structural elements that just—it's like, does, do you believe? I think, do you believe them is the best way to go, Rex. Well, I—I I, I think that's a valid answer. It, it's a valid answer when you're looking at characters. You know, do you believe them? Do you believe the plot points? Do you believe, you know, the—you know—I I think when you have, I, I think where I—I I encounter. I'm talking to directors, you know, and you're, and you're working with them, and you go, well, what about this? And they go, well, the audience will get it. And you go, well, well wait a second. <laughs> you know, I mean, in other words, I'm not sure I get it right now, and you're assuming that the audience will understand it. In other, in other words, it's, it's the, the weaknesses come from the assumptions that we make, I think, you know, where where it's not tested, where, you know, if it's a, if it's a and forgive the example, but, you know, some kind of high crime drama, you know, they're all trapped inside a building and, you know, and some bird flies by and drops a grenade on them, you know, and they, they use the grenade to escape or something. You go, well, how did that hey, that's happen? that's a good I mean, plot that's... point. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it comes out of nowhere and you go, it's not supported by anything and it yes. just it just makes it, you know, and it's an, I'm sorry, it's an egregious example, but it's, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where you just go, that would never in a thousand years happen. Well, wasn't and, that in life, didn't that happen in Life of Brian? <laughs> he fell out, and the spaceship came down and picked him up and dropped him on the ground. And went, yeah. But that's Monty Python. But but but, but so, like I you mean, said, it, you laugh and you believe it, and it was right. like it was. Fed. I think that was Monty. Wasn't that Life of Brian? Something like that. It may have been. It may yeah. Have Maybe but somebody be, can uh, text in or, or whatever and say, "Was that Life of Brian when he like, <laughs> you know, it was all that. in two thousand years ago, and he 
jumped or fell out of a roof or something, and the spaceship came down and grabbed them, put them on the ground, and took off. I, I, that's my memory. Maybe somebody can help us out on that. But anyways, yes, continue, Rex. <laughs> well, but but I mean, you, you know, you've got so many fine points. You know that that for example, that you know this this script should be broken down into a series of objectives, and that you know you've got that the beats should be, you know, should be truthful and they should be true, you know, and uh, um, you know. It, it should, you know, it should have its own kind of internal logic and make sense, yes. you know, in its objective sense to you. Um, I wanted to ask you about one of the one of the points that you've made, and I, I don't know if you've voiced it here yet today, but the notion of balance um, for scenes, and like if if scene X is too high, then the other scene is flat or whatever. How how do you, as a director, how do you balance? And again, I. Yeah, I mean, I think that's 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 one really now that that really comes into that shows itself in the editing room uh-huh. and that every scene should lead to the other. And then you have to find out and they talk about plot points and the, mm-hmm. the midpoint and, uh, you know, where you're going and television, you have, of course, your scripts are divided into what seven acts or whatever it is in a, uh, in a, in a one hour or five acts in an hour or whatever. And it's like always before commercial, there's something going to happen, right? Well, that's a high point. And I always I always equate it to um, you know when you're when you're in a hospital and you walk down the hospital and you look in a room and you see a monitor and mm-hmm. attached to a patient and the and the monitor has just a line going through it with nothing else what does that mean? It, it's death, it's right? Death. I mean, there's it's called flat line, right? right? And I I I write that on a board and I'm teaching sometimes. I say, well, what does that mean? What's well, flat line? Well, exactly. And that's sometimes where your your scenes could be just like that. They could be just flat. So you want to spruce them up, but your your question is really you don't want to give away too much. It's like you you have to balance it. Okay, for example, I I love using Saving Private Ryan as an example. Could we could could the audience sustain two and a half hours of landing on the beach only, like that intensity? Wow, yeah. You'll you'd throw up probably. Right? You could not you could not sustain that amount of just that stuff coming at you. It's like going on an hour roller coaster ride. The roller coasters are only two or three minutes long. That's as much as you right. can stand. So there has to be the balance in it. And I think that's really critical um, so that as you go through, and it's again, it's a feeling, Rex. It's like, I can, okay, that's, I write that down and say, okay, remember to balance your scenes. And you just picked it up. How, how do you do that? Well, right. You have to take the script, you have to take the individual story, and it's really sitting in the editing room going, well, wait a minute. You know we're a little too heavy here, or it's too fast, and it starts in the script, of course, because those are the scenes. Uh-huh. So again, it comes down to feeling. Right? It's all about that feeling about you know you know, and and that's why it's like um, there's a gun battle, and then they 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 take a break, uh, you know, to um, to to reload and have a conversation, and then there's more character development. That's what I mean. You have that balance. You're up and you're down. You're up and you're down. Staying down very low on this graph or very high for long periods of time, it's either going to be real boring on the low end, right? And, I, and, and, and long amounts of time is all subjective. How long is it? It could be 10 seconds or it could be three minutes. It depends on the movie and the story you're telling. So it all has, so I'm always going back. There's all gray areas. And I, I think I pride myself in not being able and pride myself in, in being not able to answer any Question one hundred percent because nobody knows. So, <laughs> well, no, it, no, all I mean, these I, I variables. Think, 
so that's, that's a very fair and accurate uh, way to 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 describe your approach because I think that the more flexible one is, uh, the greater variation. You know, the, the less that they are restricted by their by uh, 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 I don't want to say rules necessarily, but um, the more open you are, the more uh, creative you can ultimately be. Right. So uh, yeah, I, I I can appreciate that. You know, and, and uh, um, now now you you also say a scene should never start at the beginning, and some script people say start late, leave early. You know, as a, as a way of describing it, how how when when it comes to setting scenes and, and you're talking about blocking things like um, never start at the beginning, start in the middle. Well, it's like life, right? You you turn a corner and you see somebody talking. Uh, you walk into a room; they're in the middle of something. That's life. And we are heightened drama. Is you know Hitchcock said it best. You know, a movie is real life with all the dull bits cut out. And I love that expression. And it's like we want to, you know, it's like you you want to be able to cut it sort of, okay, here's the scene where a guy gets up, goes in the shower, brushes his teeth, has breakfast, gets dressed, goes down an elevator, goes to his car, gets in his car, gets stuck on a freeway, you know, um, you know, parks, and then goes up the elevator, gets to his office. That's a life. That's real life. But we but if we can do you know he gets up in the morning looks at his alarm clock you know turns on the shower and the shower turns on to the elevator door opening you know at his office we can eliminate all that other stuff and we still have the transition we still we still follow that so it's always about it's an intensity it's action it's it's dynamic and and following and it's not all and it's not always just about an action scene it could be a very quiet moment too so finding out. And again, these are broad strokes, right? Um, to understand, people read that and go, "Never." Okay, so maybe there's maybe take the word away, "never," because even that counters what I was saying. Right, so, right. Well, it, it, but it makes it makes good sense in terms of practice, and and if you understand that all rules are made to be broken, um, whether that's actually a, a, a true statement or not, I'm not sure. But 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 uh, it serves a purpose. You know, yes. It's utilitarian to to do these things. Um, we've got about ten minutes left, and um, I'd like to get into you know more on your observing human behavior and emotions. But I have, so, I have somebody emailed me some questions. Carrie emailed me some questions. So I want to answer those for her. Sure. And um, she says uh, if I could ask you about uh, what you think about the movie industry being saturated with novel to movie scripts is and the and, and then. She follows this up with, "Is this common, and or am I just new to the industry, or do you feel like it's the equivalent of the music industry using old tracks to uh, make new songs?" Interesting question. Um, well, it's what's the story? I mean, the movie industry, the film industry, is very expensive, and I just I I don't have to put any money into it. I just spend money. And I have to spend someone else's money, and that money is usually six or seven figures attached to it. So everybody wants a sure thing to get their money back. So and it's called the film business. So people are going to pick up on um, on stories that maybe already have a built-in audience. 
very much like uh, I'm a big fan of of you know the 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 girl with the dragon tattoo, and I've read all three books, and and I'm going to start going. There's a movie out now, right? I'm going to go watch it because I'm a built-in audience. So there's one good reason right there, right? Is that it come and whether the movie is good or bad is like going to be subjective. But the thing is, I'm a built-in audience. I'm going to go 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 read that, um, uh, and then so a lot of that stems from that, uh, and it's good business as well. And so a lot of movies do come out of um, books and, uh, you know, Gone with the Wind <laughs> just popped in. Uh, all of those kind of things. So I think that's important. And to keep you have to always, always, always keep in mind that the financial burden is on the producers and the studios because those are the ones that are going to lose their money. You get paid as a crew member, as a director, whatever, you get paid whether the thing's a flop or not. So somebody, uh, you, you know, so there, there's just a lot of pressure on people. I don't know if I answered that totally, but I think that's you know, certainly from my perspective, I don't mind films coming out of books. I think one of the things you see happening a lot is we always complain about, you know, Hollywood and Hollywood movies versus independent movies or European movies. You know, one of the things is all the TV series, the old TV series, they're turning into into um into films, you know, Get Smart and all these old. Right. I'm waiting for Beverly Hillbillies next. Maybe that's a good one to do. All the movies you and I used to watch, Rex. I mean, TV series. So, right. well, actually, they did do the Beverly Hillbillies. Actually, they did a long time ago. They did, right? yeah, a while right. back, yeah. Yeah. They did. So um, it's a lot of it's it's like where's the story coming from? What's the audience? Reverse engineer everything. Who's going to watch it? I mean, you have to look at it as a business too, and it's the art and the craft. It's it's the combination of the artist and the business person. And as a filmmaker, you have to be a bit of both. And it's like, well, who's going to watch this other than five of your friends? And I think well, that that's that's really important question you have to ask. Yeah, and you know, I, people used to say, well, the book is better, you know, or the movie's better, and all that. And I always say that the book is never better than the movie. It's your head is better than the movie. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, a, it's a subjective because I've read books and it's what you do when you read books, you know, how you translate it into those images in the movie that you make inside your own head. And you and I can read the same book and one would like it and one would hate it. So it's not that the book is better than the movie. It's that, that your head is better than the movie that, you know, in other words, you made your internal imagery and, and someone else supplied it and you just don't well, like it. Well, again, the, or, yeah, and the other thing on a book too is all the detail what's going on inside the characters, which you can't translate onto the screen. Well, right, because so, you know that's all have, part of what you're saying as well. Right, you can't you can't translate their inner life. Plus, you have to consolidate everything because you can't make a movie to be, you know, as as detailed and long as as the book is. So no, of course um, they suffer. Now that, that's where a lot where TV miniseries and things come in now too, where you can really extend. Now that's the great thing what's happening now. Television is really a place for writers now and actors to get involved. We're really seeing that. They could, the miniseries, HBO, all those series are, you know, it's like you can spend time, you know, doing three, four, or five, you know, two hour movies in a series to character development, richness. They can spend time talking about stuff that's pretty cool. Where you just can't do that. I in do. I, television has really grown up. I mean, television now where the, they, they have story arcs that last over <laughs> sometimes yes. seasons. You know, which which before you know you had nothing. You you, you kind of knew who your characters were, and they everything was resolved inside one episode. And then the next time they came back, it was you know a week or later or yeah. something, and a whole new. And now, I mean, there's these continuing sagas that go on and on for eight, ten years. Sometimes it's it's amazing. Yeah. 
Um, but you're so right. I mean, the television writing is definitely kind of the place to be um, now if if if, uh, if you're a writer and you're good at well, it. Well, I'm going to give a shout-out to a good friend of mine, Jackie Gould. She says she's listening here, and her husband is a, a producer, a writer. He's just got a series up and running here in Vancouver now. So it's like, uh, hi, Jackie, I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. Tomorrow we're teaching together at the school. <laughs> well, uh, but it is, it is uh, yeah, I guess the question, I hope we answered that question to a certain extent. You know, the bottom line is what kind of story is it? In can- you know, Lord of the Rings. There's a good example. <laughs> right. Right, or the whole trilogy, right? Amazing. Well, I want to know. I mean, I, I guess we've got about three minutes left, but I want to know why they were able to make a success. We'll find out what happens with The Hobbit. But all these years they've made The Lord of the Rings. Ralph Bakshi did it. They've tried, you know, doing different things with, with The Lord of the Rings series, but could never, ever kind of uh, manufacture a successful Hobbit movie. And now, you know, Jackson's doing The Hobbit uh, so talk about reverse engineering. I mean, yeah. Well, if anybody can do it, I mean, he's had what three movies to prep for it, so right, right, or whatever. I mean, and again, it's what people are going to believe. What are we, you know, what are we gonna we're gonna believe? And I think I liked, you know, like Avatar always comes. I liked Avatar. I liked the story. I mean, I'm a sop anyways, and it's like, but I love, you know, they. I saw it twice. You know, it's one to get sort of the the technical stuff out of the way and then and then and then watch the movie and the story. I mean, yes, it's was it Pocahontas story or whatever you want to call it, you know. And of course, I I understood when they when they said that and and it's like, well, Cameron has a lot of money on the line, the story, and you're taking try and true stories. And that's like all the way back to blame everything on Joseph Campbell. <laughs> You know? Well, and I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's, no, it's, it's a Pocahontas story, and you tried to do Pocahontas, you know, again, but missed. is is not the same thing as retooling it in a different time in a different age with different characters. You know, I mean, uh, that seems to be quite the successful formula for, uh, you know, doing a good work if you're if you're able to successfully you know translate. You know, let's go back yeah. and. And find, say, Peter Pan and, and make it, you know, something in a different time or find something. Well, of course. You know, but, I mean, yeah. there's only, what, seven stories, Man versus yeah. Man, Ryan versus the Elements, you know. So, I mean, you go into all this. It's it's your take on the story. I think the bottom line, I know we're going to wrap up pretty soon, is what do you feel? What's the story that you want to tell as a producer, writer, director? Uh, how passionate are you about it? And then fight for everything in there and learn and listen to other people. It, there's no, you know, the rules you got to throw out a bit. There's the structural rules of writing. Yes, just like you put a lens on, you got to turn here. If you open it up here, it's overexposed. If you do, it's physics. There's certain physics in 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 it. But then, you know, it was only till the last 30 minutes of Memento that I realized my jaw dropped. I was watching with my kids. It goes, oh my god, he's doing this whole thing backwards. I didn't even realize it. It was amazing. So you want to get, you know, you want to get caught up or Pulp Fiction. You know, the, the the expression we say about Pulp Fiction is, well, every movie has a beginning, a middle, and an end, not necessarily in that order. And I think that was Pulp Fiction, you know. But in a writing sense, it still did have a beginning, a middle, and an end. So, you know, my favorite quote, Frank Capra. I mean, anybody who knows me, this is I, I think I should get a tattoo, but it's like there are no rules in filmmaking, only sins. And the cardinal sin is dullness. And it's like that is the best expression in the film business there are no rules there's guidelines right and and only sins you know it's like we could make all the mistakes but the big one is is your movie dull is it boring so whatever it is 
make me feel something, and don't be boring. And cut out those dull parts. And cut out those dull parts. There you go, Rex. If they don't, if they don't serve to do anything, cut them out. But <laughs> hey. I want right, to uh, I want to say thanks, but I, I want to give the listeners just kind of a heads up. You know, we, we're going to be talking more about observing human behavior and emotions and uh, text and subtext and character objectives and, and different things, uh, working with actors and, and their conflict and beats and um, listening, and then ultimately casting and uh, talking about casting process and then and then how the director works with the actors on the set. So, you know, there are guidelines for that. So Peter's got a whole lot more information coming, and uh, we've got a couple more uh, discussions with Peter uh, before the year 2011 closes out. Hope you've had a fantastic uh, holiday. Uh, Peter, I want to thank you so much for being here and uh, and sharing your thoughts and your expertise with us as you have so many times before. I sure appreciate it. Again, Peter's got a, an excellent uh, e-zine, the director's chair, that you're going to want to go and find out about. And your website is actioncutprint.com. That's right. BC Filmmaker on Twitter. You're on uh, Facebook. It's Peter D. Marshall. So there's lots of different ways that they can uh, continue to follow you or access you. And uh, thanks so much. Anything, any, I'll let you say uh, anything final there. Just write what you know. Oh, there you go. All right, thanks, Peter. Have a great okay, rest of the day. You take care. Always a pleasure. Right. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, Rex. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. That's Mr. Peter Marshall, and I want to thank him for being here again and thank all of my listeners for listening, those of you in the chat room, those of you who are listening archived. You're all gold, and you're, you're wonderful, and I appreciate the support and the love and the care and the time and the attention that you take to uh, helping promote the show. I always ask you to continue to invite people and share those URLs and links with people and to leave comments and rate and review the shows and, and friend us at, at Blog Talk and all that kind of stuff. You can follow me at... Uh, uh, Twitter, it's Rex Sykes Movie BT. That's uh, Rex Sykes Movie BT. That last word is abbreviated. And we have a friend page on Facebook, Rex Sykes Movie Beat. Uh, and uh, friends on Facebook, so come and join us there. And uh, and do stay tuned and do listen and do, you know, take the advice, you know, and the expertise and the wisdom, you know, the collective wisdom of all of my guests. If you go back and listen to the archive show, go and subscribe to the podcast. Take it with you wherever you go. Listen to these again and again. Uh, believe me, uh, repeated listening is where you actually do uh, acquire the most relevant and useful information because from the first listen to the fifth listen you grow and you develop and you uh, acquire a new experiential base and and as you do that and when you do that uh, you hear different things with the same words that were expressed once before you just hear it in a new way or or you'll hear something you go gee i didn't even know that that they had said that or touched on that so uh, continue to listen but continue to repeatedly listen and do leave comments please before you go away don't run away without leaving a comment today you know i ask this in every show and i'm always amazed that some people do and some people never have and i just ask you to leave a comment uh, as the player closes, you might have to wait until it completely shuts down, but the comment window becomes available at Blog Talk. Leave a comment and rate and review the shows at uh, iTunes. So thanks very much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Everybody have a fabulous day. Make your movies and complete your projects until we meet the next time, which will be next week, but until we meet the next time, that is a wrap.